You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. I don't know if you know this, but I, I was in high school in the 80s. That's why I'm so cool. Right? Whatever. Um, it's the first time that I ever saw a computer was in the 80s. In fact, it was around maybe my sophomore year. And uh, I graduated in 85, so you can do the math. Um, Unless I was a six-year senior, you know, then you guys are going to be saying, like. <laughs> uh, but I, I saw computers at the first, for the first time in, the, in, in about my sophomore year, and they, they're, they're, they are nowhere where they are now. And so it was kind of an evolvement that, that happened. Um, it wasn't until the 90s that, that computers started to really evolve, Microsoft took over around that time, and, and then something happened. This is before the Internet. Um, Microsoft came up with a, um, with a software that was called Encarta. Remember that? Encarta. Most, maybe some of you had it. It was, it was a, an encyclopedia. It was 26 volumes of information in a disk. And so it was amazing because instead of, uh, instead of uh, la- la- uh, carrying all these books, now you could, in one disc, have an information highway. And, uh, and, and so before that, most of you know that Britannica was the main thing. And so some of you might have had Britannica encyclopedias. And, 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 and so these were wonderful because it was a wealth of information um, and and. and these individuals that, that put these, these products out, they got scholars to, to accumulate all this information, and we were able to glean that, and we were able to grow in our knowledge, and so forth. And so, so it goes. After that, there was a, a, another encyclopedia. Well, the Internet took off. Let's, let's talk about that. The Internet began to take off, and, and it changed everything. And so when the Internet took off... Uh, there was another encyclopedia that came, and it's called Wikipedia. Anyone ever heard of that? Wikipedia. And, and the interesting thing about Wikipedia is that they didn't hire professors or editors to write the content. They didn't build a huge staff to make, everything, uh, to make sure everything was correct. Do you know who writes the articles of Wikipedia? Everybody. Anybody. And so um, there's no professionals, just everyday people who contribute. You don't pay for the software. It's free. In fact, if you've got on Wikipedia at the start of the year, they were asking for donations. And I'm pretty sure they got donations because a lot of people go to that to get their information. It actually, Wikipedia actually surpassed Microsoft Encarta and uh, uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. It surpassed them. It, 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 you can maybe say it put them out of business. 
And what you find from this, what, as, I, as I think how, how fascinating that is, is that you, everybody can accomplish more than somebody. Everybody. Everybody can be a part of Wikipedia. And, and sometimes people say, well, well, who knows if that information is correct? And I tell you that most people, and, and, and I thought about this uh, this week, most people that don't care about stuff are not going to be taking their time to put their research into a, into a program. Right? How many of us in here just think, you know, I am going to, to just put something in Wikipedia and throw them all off? No, it's people that research. It's people that know the subject. And so what you, you just find out that everybody can accomplish more than somebody. And it, and it makes us think about church as a volunteer organization. You know, it's the church and the power of the church is everybody working together. We had the, the, the memorial service yesterday, and, and it was packed with people that we were able to minister to in the name of Jesus Christ as we entrusted uh, Marianne into to, to the hands of the Lord. And, and, and everybody at Living Word Chapel that stepped up from, from making food to, to bringing and serving dishes. And, and um, Carol Romero, she, she oversees our, our funerals and, and the food, food part of that. And just give her a big hand because she did a wonderful job. And then there's people setting up seats and tables, and, and, and the live feed had to be set up. And then right before that, we did, a, we did a wedding. I did a wedding right before the, the memorial service. And so we had seats out there, and, and, and we had people here. Everybody working together is the power of the church. I love the way that, that the legendary coach Vince Lombardi put it. He coached the the Green Bay Packers, and he was a great coach. In fact, the, the Super Bowl trophy is called the Lombardi Trophy. And, and, and Coach Lombardi said this, the achievements of an organization are the result of the combined efforts of each individual. What you achieve in an organization is not going to be determined on a single person, but on everybody together working with one mind, one vision, one purpose, and moving forward. And when you do it for the purposes of God, it glorifies his name. One thing I know for sure is that those who serve in a church are not a bunch of lonely, bored people with nothing to do. Everybody that serves here has things going on. Everybody that does whatever they're doing at Living Word Chapel, you have a lot on your plate, but you make it a priority to make the mission of God important in your life. Are you with me? You have to make it a priority. When people say, I'm just too busy, you know what? I, I look at them and I say, what do you think about Do we think that every person in here is not busy? Every person isn't busy. But it's how we prioritize, how we, how we begin to put things in perspective. And we're going to go to the Bible and see that. We're going to go to the book of Acts. And this is going to be just a snippet of, of, uh, of how we are better together. This series is about being better 
together. And I just really think that God wants for us to be a cohesive team. And I can say this, Living Word Chapel First Service, I can say this. For the most part, on 80%, I would say that we are on this task together. I don't think that there's anyone at Living Word Chapel, very few if any, that are not saying, what can we do to make the kingdom of God a better place? What can we do in our own selves together as a team to make LWC a better place so that we can be a beacon of hope, a beacon of light on this highway so people can see Jesus? Let's pray before we go to the scriptures. We're going to go to Acts 6. You got your Bible, go to Acts 6. We're going to read verses 1 through 7. And I want to pray. Father, thank you for everyone here. Lord, I just ask for your strength as I preach. I ask for your wisdom, Lord God, for your guidance. I prepared a message, Lord, and I believe that it's from you. And I just ask your 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 unction, Holy Spirit, the power that comes through you, so that when it's delivered, that it won't fall on deaf ears, but that every ear will be open, every heart will be ready and willing to receive it, and that when we, when we leave here today, after this message is over, after this first service is over, that we'll leave and say, let's put these words to action. Let's become a part of, uh, of God's team and God's plan. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. So it starts out, it starts out in Acts chapter 6, it says, but as the believers, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, notice what it says, rapidly multiplied, they were growing in numbers, there were rumblings of discontent in the church. Oh, my. Let's read that, read that again. Make sure I read it right. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings, rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Let's just kind of ponder that. Has there ever been complaining in the church? Have you ever been a part of the complaining? Don't raise your hand. Have you ever listened to the complaining and agreed and said, yeah, you're right. Those Greek speakers, man, let me tell you. They're just not feeding me enough. Maybe that's for your own good. So, verse 2, so the 12 called the meeting of all the believers, because that's what leaders do, the 12 being the apostles. The 12 called the leaders, uh, called the meeting of all the believers, and they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and we will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. So everyone listened. And they scratched their head as they were talking. And they said, aren't you supposed to do everything? You're the pastor. You're the apostles. Aren't you supposed to do everything? No, they didn't say that. 
The Bible says everyone liked this idea. And so they chose the following. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. They chose Philip, Prochorus, Nicener, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch, who was an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. Now, this is very interesting because every one of these names has Greek origin. It's influenced by the Greek language. They're not Jewish names. So when they selected them, I want you to kind of ponder this. The, the, the congregation, the, 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 the multitudes, they chose Greek speakers or Greek names because they said, you know what, the, 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 the Hebrew, uh, I mean, the, the Greek-speaking women are being discriminated. We're going to put Greek-speaking or, or Greek-influenced individuals so that you can accommodate this. There's wisdom there. Amen? And the seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them, and they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. And the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. So people that were religious, that, that had, they were part of crucifying Jesus, now they're coming to faith. And so there's three things that I want us to glean from this, three points that, 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 that we can look at that will help us to understand that we are better together. The first point is this. Point number one, growth should always be expected. Churches are supposed to grow. God never intended for the church to not experience growth God always intended for the church to grow the Bible says that the believers rapidly multiplied and the reason for this let's think about it why pastor why why should the church be growing because where the church is growing good things are happening even more where the church is growing God Things are happening. Wherever God is, awesome things happen. Wherever Jesus went, miracles accompanied him. Wherever Jesus went, his teaching was beyond their, 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 they've never heard things like that. They were the words of God. So wherever the church goes, they're preaching the word of God. And so the church continues to grow, it continues to grow, it continues to grow. Acts 2 says this, it says, Each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Can I tell you who adds to the church? Is it Pastor James? Do I add to the church? No, no, no. God does. Each day the Lord continued to add to the church. We should be expecting that every day something is going to happen. God is going to move in your life. God is going to continue to add and add and add and add and add and add. And every day there's someone born, we know that he, they need to get saved. Every day. It never stops. It continues. It continues. It continues. God adds to the church. God adds to the church. God adds to the church. If you're not excited about that, there's something wrong with you. If you're not stirred in your heart, there's something wrong. If, if you're not excited, if you're around people, co-workers, and you're not sharing the good news of Jesus, there's something wrong with you. God adds to the church. He multiplies the church. He multiplies the church. And can I tell you what happens? 
When people go down 77 and they see cars that are in a parking lot full and they see these things, they say, there's something happening at that church. Why are all the people there? Why are they there? There's something going on. I had, I had several that left the, 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 the memorial service yesterday that they were saying, we need to come back to church here. We need to come back. We want to hear more. We want to hear what you're saying. I said, well, come back. Because there's, there's God things happening here. It doesn't stop there. In Acts chapter 5, 14, it says, yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. More and more and more people believed and they were brought to the Lord. That's, that helps me. The Lord adds to the church, but we also bring people to the Lord. The Lord adds to the church, but we also bring people to the Lord. See, we have a part to play. The Lord adds to the church, but we also bring people to the Lord. And it says uh, uh, crowds of both men and women, crowds of, bo- of both men and women, because God doesn't discriminate. People do. People do. That's why you find the problem in Acts chapter 6. You, oh, 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 boy. Point number two. Point number two, we're better together because growth will always come with challenges. Growth will always come with challenges. I could have put problems there, but it sounds too negative. You would say, Pastor, I'm not a problem, Pastor. I am not a problem child. I am not. You're not. But we can be challenging sometimes. When people hear that that there's good things happening to their friends, they want to go see if these good things can happen to them too. It is a testimony to your life when people say, I want to go and see what's happening in your church. It says that they're seeing a difference in your life. They want to see what's happening. They want to see these God things And and the more people that come, and and this happens, beloved, the more people that come, the more diversity that comes. And the more diversity that comes, the more challenges that come. Because we're all born into different cultures. We're all born into different personality families. We're all born, we all have different backgrounds. Some of us were raised and we were sports nuts. Some of us were raised, we were intellectual. Some of us were raised and, and, and we just liked cumbias, you know. Some of us were raised and, and we liked uh, 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 folk music. Some of us were raised, we liked, liked different things. And you bring them all together. Whew. It's like my partner underground with my partner. You know, we'd get bonuses underground, and, and, and when I was working at the mine, and people would complain about their bonuses. I didn't get enough. I, and I thought to myself, dude, you don't do any work. You should be paying the company. My partner would say, hey, partner. Hey, Bubba. That's exactly how we talk. Hey, partner. They'll complain even if they eat ice cream, partner. They'll say it's too sweet. 
The more people, the more people that come, the more, the more situations that come, the more problems that come, the more that you're going to get angry about different little things. You know, you, you don't see the big picture. You're seeing the small picture. Oh, I can't believe they're doing this. Why did they change the chairs? Why did they put lights on? Why are they doing this? During the memorial service, I, I sat with, I, I went out there and, and mingled with different people. There was an administrator of a, of a college in our area, and, and she, she was sitting out there, and I said, you want some coffee? I want you to have a cup of coffee, and got her some coffee, and her and her family took her inside to the cafe, and she said, I cannot believe this. This is amazing. You guys have so much technology. And I showed her the children's area, and people were able to sit out there for the memorial service because we were, had overflow. They were able to go to the children's area. They, she said, I, couldn't, I can't believe this. And some people will say, why do we have this? Why, why, why do we have this? Why, why do we have this? No, let's, let's think about it. But it's no different than, 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 than the Bible. The Bible shows us that when, when people come together, the more people you have, if you only have two, it's only you and him or you and her, and you complain about each other. It's not that big of a deal. That's why when people have, you know, if you're an only child, you have no idea what it is to grow in a family. You can't blame it on your brother. You can't blame it on your sister. You did it. That's all there is to it. Your imaginary friend isn't going to work. Chale tamale don't work that way. But you add people in the mix, and then you find out, you know, uh, look at what it says. As the disciples were increasing in numbers, by leaps and bounds... The Message Bible says, hard feelings developed. Hard feelings. Now, I want you to process this, beloved, because there may be someone in here that you have a hard feeling against something that's happening in the church. I, I can't see that. I can't see that. But it happens because it's biblical. So hard feelings uh, uh, developed among the Greek-speaking believers who are called the Hellenists toward the Hebrew-speaking believers because their widows weren't being discriminated against or, or they were being discriminated against in the daily food lines. Now, a, a growing church is an exciting church. It's a fantastic church, but a growing church is always a messy church because here's what happens with growing churches. People walk in, and maybe they're not dressed the way that you think that church people should be dressed. Maybe they, don't, maybe they don't act the way that church people are supposed to act. Can I tell you something? They're not supposed to. Maybe they don't speak Christianese. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going like, Now, to us who are in Christ, I mean, it's a hallelujah, yeah, bro, amen. Someone that's, that's just beginning to, to, to walk in this, they're beginning to maybe even feel their way into it, they're kind of like, right? They don't understand it. And so here, there were problems that occurred. They were coming to Christ. They were new in the Lord, and they were, they, were, they were from different cultures. Some were from the Greek culture. They were raised in that. And the ones that were raised in the Hebrew culture, very proud of their culture, were the chosen people. They didn't want anything to do with that. And so this is a potential of what can happen in a church. As people come in, we will do things as these challenges come so that we can meet them where they're at and reach them and Glorify Jesus in their lives. 
But this doesn't always make everybody happy. Now, this is important, beloved. This is so important. Do you think that the apostles intentionally were neglecting the widows? No. They had no idea. And so this needs to be understood by everyone sitting here. A leader in the church usually will not intentionally hurt you or do things that are going to rub you wrong. It's not, Pastor James does not wake up out of bed thinking, how can I really mess with Jack Cook's life today? I don't think about those kinds of things. I get up in the morning saying, Lord, help me with Jack Cook today. You know how he is. There will always be challenges. There will always be difficulties. The more that a church grows, the more that the people need, the more investments that need to be made, the more staffing, the more money, the, the, the more critics. You know, here's the thing, that Jesus was the perfect, perfect man slash God in the flesh, and people criticized him. Who in the world do we think we are to, to, to imagine that people are not going to criticize us. As a pastor, every time that I speak, there's a potential that someone is going to say, I don't like that. Ah, he moves too much. He's a little bit too dark. He probably needs to trim his mustache. The reality is that it doesn't matter what we do. There is always the potential to be criticized. And if, if, if we were to go to sleep, and this goes to everybody, but I'm talking about myself. If I was to go to sleep every night thinking about who did I please, who, did I didn't, who didn't I please, you know, there are people mad. You know, we've the, the, we got a cafe now. You know, for the most part, everyone is really excited about it. But there may be some. There may be some that may be saying, nah. Don't like it because people don't like change. Amen? We don't like change. But how many of you know that every day is change? Yesterday was not like today. And tomorrow is not going to be like today. And a week from now is not going to be like today. There's change always going on. Let me tell you something, beloved. Either you embrace change with, with the purposes of God and you say, Lord God, let me adapt. Let me be adaptable. Let me walk in this or you're going to be an angry person and that's not from God. Amen? So how do we apply this, Pastor? What do, what do we do? Here's some applications for that first point. Okay, application number one. Don't run from challenges in your church. Don't run from challenges in your church. The Bible says this, here's what you're supposed to do when you get mad at someone or you get mad at the pastor. The Bible says, if a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell him or go and tell her. Work it out between the two of you. If someone made you upset, don't go to someone that's going to side with you. I have a real concern. Do you know that Pastor James did this? And then... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
No, if there's a problem with anybody, you go and you talk to them. Work it out between the two of you. If he listens, you've made a friend. And most Christians, you have the Holy Spirit in you, you're going to listen. And if they don't, if he won't listen, take one or two others along so that the presence, um, so that the presence of a witness will keep things honest and try again. And when you go and get someone else, don't get your best friend that's on your side. You ever known someone that they'll, they'll, get, they'll go to someone so they'll side with them? Tell them, tell them, tell them. Go to someone that's unbiased. Go to someone that's going to see things clearly. It's not going to side with you. It's not going to side with him. It's going to say, this is what the Lord has us do. Um, witness, we'll keep things honest and then try again. If they don't listen, tell the church. Then you come to the eldership, the leadership, and you say, you know what, I'm having a problem. I, I took a witness, and it's, it's not resolved, and I want it to be resolved. I'm coming to you. I wanted to bring it before you. And if he won't listen to the church, then you'll have to start over from scratch. We'll confront him with the word. We'll confront him with the need for repentance and offer, again, God's forgiving love. Until it comes to the place where he, God will work it all out, where we may have to say, hey, everyone sees that what you're doing is not right. Amen? That's how you do it biblically. But you don't run from it. You don't run. You don't go to other people and, and cause, and cause uh, division. That's not from God. Number two, you always choose to be a part of the solution, not the problem. Hurts will happen in the church. We're going to... Why are you... Why will hurts happen in the church? Because there's people. And anywhere there's people, there will be differences. But we operate a lot different. Here's the thing. Hurts happen in the church and hurts happen in the world. But in the church, we handle things a lot differently. We're led by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Look at what the Bible says. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Beloved, let's think about this. If the devil can penetrate a church and he can work, he will do whatever he can. To cause division, to cause bickering, to cause talk. Where God wants to take his church, not only Living Word Chapel, but every church that names the name of Christ, where God wants to take you is way beyond your limitations. It's way beyond our limitations. And the devil knows that, so the devil will come in. He'll try to work. He'll try to slander. He'll put thoughts in your mind. Look at what they're doing. They're, they're, at, they're after you. They're after you. They're that pastor, he gets up in the morning, he's thinking about you. He's thinking about how he can hurt you. Come on. That's not God. That's Satan. The third point, we're better together because growth will always present opportunities. The more people that come, 
the more opportunities that come. I love the way that Sam Walton put it. Sam Walton was, is, is a founder of Walmart. I've, I've, seen his, I've seen his grave. I've been there to Bentonville, and I've seen where, where they buried Sam Walton. And he was, this man, you can't deny the reality. First of all, he was a Christian. And, and, and Sam Walton, this was his model. Sam Walton said, we're all working together. That's the secret. Notice that Sam Walton didn't say, I made this company. He said, we're all working together. The success of this organization is that we all work together toward a common goal, and that is the secret of our success. Can I tell you something, beloved? Jesus is greater than Sam Walton. And this is not only his organization, this is his organism. Because the church is a living organism. And so if you think that the secular world, the secular business world, if they say that working together is the secret of success, how much more would you say that God says that working together is going to make you better? We are better together. You know what Acts 6 teaches me? is that challenges in the church are springboard for opportunities. The challenges that happen, people always, the church grew, the church grew, and I always go to Acts 6. The church grew, and as the church grew, there was challenges, there were problems, but those problems were allowed by God to offer an opportunity for other people to get involved. Serving opportunities are always directed by God. This is, this is so powerful. God, God never intends for his church to be a one-man team. He never intended for the pastor to do everything. He never intended for, for, for the elders to do everything. God intends for all of us to be a collective team. As we grow together, as we serve together, we bring glory to God together. The Bible says that the 12 called a meeting of the disciples. Notice what it says. They, they said, not I said, they said. In other words, they're collective. They're when we make a decision at LWC, let's just talk about this. When we make a decision, it's not Pastor James making a decision. It is the elders. There's wisdom in the eldership. There's 10 of us that put our heads together. I, I love what it says. They said it wouldn't be right for us to abandon our responsibilities for preaching and teaching the word of God to help with the care of the poor. Now, does that mean that the, that, that the apostles didn't care about the poor? Let's think about this. They cared about the poor, but they said, if we, if we abandon prayer time, if we abandon uh, study for preaching, think about this. If a pastor that is a teaching pastor that's up here on the pulpit, if I have no study time, what will happen? How am I going to feed the sheep? You know what you're going to get? Very little substance. 
That's what the apostles were saying. I cannot, we cannot neglect the study, the preaching of the word, and prayer to serve tables. Instead, let's look for seven that are going to be raised up so that they can serve the tables and glorify God. An opportunity to glorify God. There's a bigger picture right here than, than I, think, I think people miss it. The tables being served, the tables being served was bigger, it was a lot bigger than what people see. The tables being served wasn't to quiet down the complaining. A lot of times we think, how are we going to quiet them down? How, we will give you more food. J Jesus said to the 5,000, when, when he fed them, he said, after they came back, he said, you're not coming to listen to my word. You're coming because I fed you. There's a lot more that I can offer than just physical food. You see, what, 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 what God is showing us right there that that. He wasn't getting these people to quiet the, the, the complaining. That wasn't the thrust of it. The thrust of it is bigger than that. The thrust of it is he wants to present opportunities for people to get involved and do the work of God. Because the apostles could have said, you know what, we'll do this. We'll do. A lot of pastors, they, they do this. They'll say, you know what, no one comes around. I'm just going to do everything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set up tables. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cook the food. I'm going to do this. 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 My marriage stinks. I'm going to get a divorce. My kids hate the church. Because my dad's always gone. I resent people because they're always complaining. Could that happen? The bigger picture is that God does not want one person, five persons, to do all the work. And it's not like if you're going to do work and, 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 and it's something... Oh, I'm doing work. It's an opportunity to glorify God. Every person, every person that hands out a bulletin is important to the work of the kingdom. We had four or five people here yesterday that were dressed in, in, in these, these vests that, that these, these uh, um, reflective vests doing the parking, they are just as important as the person that was going to be speaking doing a service. There's a bigger picture, beloved. We don't miss that. When there's complaining in the church, God never called us to pacify them. God doesn't say, you know what, pacify them, make them happy, make them happy. That is not God's way. Because that just creates spoiled people. Are you with me? If you give your kids, if you pacify your kids, giving them everything that they want all the time, if they give them everything that they want and you say, okay, be quiet, be quiet, here, 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 you ruin them. 
Sometimes you say, you know what? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you, why don't you walk and see what we're doing? Why don't you walk the campus and see what God's doing? Can I tell you, un- until we're a cohesive team, and that's what the Lord does, think about the bigger picture. Think about what God's doing and what he's going to do. I'm believing God's going to add another service. I believe it with all my heart. I believe we'll have three full services. How do I know that? Because I hear people saying, I love what you guys are doing at Living Word Chapel. I love what God is doing. I love what the changes that are going on. As long as I have friends that are unsaved, we're going to make room for them. As long as I have neighbors that are unsaved, you know what? We're not done. This is not our service. This is not our church completion right here. And if that's what your, what your thoughts are, then you probably need to look at another pastor because we're going to reach people for the glory of God. And sometimes it's going to be challenging. Sometimes it's going to rub us the wrong way. Sometimes we're going to be, well, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture, it's not about us. It's about him. It's not about what we like. Think about the ice cream analogy. If I brought ice cream right now and I said, you know what, Paul, here's some ice cream. Well, Paul would say, it doesn't matter what. Paul would say, mm, I like it. Because we, we kind of think alike. But I might take it to someone over there, and you guys might say, well, I don't like, I don't like vanilla. <laughs> but think about the bigger picture, amen? Ephesians 2, 8, 8 through 10, it, it, it teaches us that we are saved to do good works. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, it teaches us that God raises up leaders to prepare his people to serve. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 teaches us that we are given God's word to equip his people. Hebrews 10, 24, it shows us that we have the church to encourage us. The church should be a place where people come in and when they leave, they say, man, that was good. You should never leave a church feeling, I am so bad, I'm horrible, I'm no good for nothing. That's not God, that's not good news. 1 Peter uh, 4.10 says it reveals that we are given gifts to empower us. You have been created and you've been gifted to serve. Think about this. You use your passions and your gifts throughout the week. Some of you guys have hobbies. Some of you guys go to work and you go to work and you, you do what you do and you have a passion for it. You should. You should have a passion for what you're doing in your vocation. When Daniel Rodriguez does concrete work, when he gets done, he says, this is good. Look at the job that I did. You have a passion for it. If you go to work think, thinking, this, this stinks, I hate this job, you need to reevaluate. Change your job. It's the same thing with church. We should be excited about what God is doing and what God has done and what God is going to do. Everybody is better than somebody. Everybody working together is better than just somebody. Let me tell you what what the end result was. Verse 7, the end result is the word of God prospered. The word of God grew. The number of disciples increased dramatically and great 
a, a great many priests submitted themselves to the faith. Can I tell you, when you understand the big picture, there's no begging involved. I will not, I refuse as of this year to beg people to serve. That will never happen at Living Word Chapel again. We will never say, we need children's church workers. We need, we need, we need. You know what? You can. You're able, you're honored to be able to serve for the living God. The kids are worth it. The primary kids are worth it. Ray Stump when he, and Monique Stump, when they come on Wednesday night, they don't come complaining. They come and they have a group of people that take vans out to the community and they pick up children for the glory of God. Not because they have to. Because they want to. We will never, from, read this from my lips. Say, if, you read, if you read lips, but if not, listen. We will never beg again for people to serve. It's an honor to work for the living God. What's the application? What's the application? You take the next step. You take the next step. The Bible says that the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. You notice that? I go to bed at night thinking that is the greatest thing in the world. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. And every, every detail of my, life, of my life, every detail, everything that I do, he smiles and he says, I'm very proud of you. I love you, James Reese. I love you. You take the next step. The second thing is you embrace, you embrace the better together reality. You get, you, get, you get off of yourself. This, this is big. You get off of yourself. You, you, you get over yourself. You quit looking at your, in Spanish it's called an ombligo. In Spanish it's called, a, I mean, in English it's called your, your uh, belly button. You quit looking at yourself. You quit, you just, you just say, we're better together. What can I do to make this place a better place? And in, in, your, in, your, uh, in your handout, on your, on your, um, Connection card, let's look at that together. Look, it says, I desire to serve God at LWC by volunteering with students. There may be someone here, the devil's keeping you from working with students because they need positive influence. Children, you get to pour into the lives of children. You know, not everyone wants to. Not everyone has to, but people should be excited about that. That's a wonderful opportunity. Pre-K kids, nursery, you can hold babies. You know, you, there's so many wonderful things. Seniors, if you want to get involved with the seniors ministry, you can mark that right there. Small groups, I desire to help Pastor Jeff with small groups, whatever I can do. You know, we have volunteers that come during the week. Our place is busy. I thank Jesus that we have a busy church, that people are active. They're serving. We got volunteers that come in that make phone calls, that do all kinds of wonderful things helping us out. Musicians, I play an instrument. Can I tell you, if you play an instrument, we could use you here. But you have to do that because you want to, because you want to honor God. God. 
singing, I like to sing. I'm a teacher. If, if you've taught before, mark that down. I, I would love to have more teachers that are going to pour into the lives. of. If you're gifted in teaching, God will use that. Let me just say that. Sermon research team, I enjoy doing research and Bible study. I'm going to put together a group of people that are going to research. So every message we're going to come together is going to be so uh, full of information and God-led direction that people are going to leave saying, man, that's like a good plate of spiritual food. Amen? Sunday worship experience setup. You know, there's, 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 there's the sweeping of the gravel, things like that, that that people can do. We can all do this together. I, Alex, it's Alex um, where's Alex at? Alex Chavez, it's his birthday today. He turned, turned 12. Give Alex a big hand. I don't know where he's at. But Alex, he comes in the mornings, and, and he's here at 730, and he goes out there, and he sweeps the gravel, making it look real nice. 12 years old, serving God and smiling while he does it. Um, you can be a, 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 where am I? Okay, greeter. You can do sound. If you have an ear for music, we'd love for you to do sound and honor God by doing that. It's a wonderful, wonderful gift to do that. And if you don't have an ear for music, please don't put that, that mark right there. Media. If you're good with computers, you could really help us. Don't you love the media right there? You're able to, 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 to grow in that if, if you want to be a part of that. Lights, you're, if you're willing to learn the light board, it's a wonderful, wonderful ministry. Grounds and maintenance, if you enjoy working with your hands, you can mark that right there. Cafe, if, if you enjoy making coffee, help us in the cafe. Bless people with that. Have a smiley face, and, 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 and that'll be a blessing. Office volunteer, if you enjoy office work, you can come in and spend two hours in the office and you'll help us so much and we'll glorify God together. Driving, if you're able to drive van for trips, for youth, for children, I mean, all you have to do is pick up these kids and bring them here and then take them back and you'll glorify God doing that. Other, it might be missions. You might want to do missions volunteer, all kinds of different things. All of us can do something. To glorify Jesus. Amen? So just pray about what you're going to put in. Put your, get your connection card and put it in the, in, the, in the basket. Please don't leave here without really praying about what you can do to be a part of what Living Word Chapel is doing together. We're better together. We're better together. We're better together. If you've been grumbling about things, talk to that person. If someone grumbles to you about something, stop them and say, you know what? That's not for me. Go talk to that person. Let's make things right. Let's not be a church that gossips. Let's be a church that glorifies God. Amen? Amen? That's what the church is supposed to be. If you've talked about me, come. I'll give you a hug. Just say, you know, Pastor, I hated you for a little bit, but I love you now. (laughs) I love you. And I'll say, I love you too, because the devil wants for you to hate me. Can I tell you that? The devil doesn't want for us to move forward together. He'll try to, he'll try to magnify flaws. That's not who we are as children of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person here. Every person is special. Every person is a blessing. Every person has, has gifts and talents. Every person is 
someone that can make a difference through this church, Lord God, and beyond. And so, Father, we don't want to get everyone busy. That's not, our, that's not your goal. In fact, you showed us that, that you didn't want the apostles to be strapped down with all kinds of things that they couldn't overcome. You, wanted, you want people to be strategic in your kingdom. Give us the wisdom. Let everybody just grab a hold of what they can do, what they're good at. And, Father, let this place shine for Jesus. We pray this in his name, and everyone said, Amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.